Welcome back to the Charged Up Show. In this episode, we were very fortunate to get the chance to talk to Jagera Davis, the DN for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Davis grew up in a small town in Texas where he found his love for football. Davis got the opportunity to play in the NFL for several seasons with the Houston Texans, the New England Patriots, and the Kansas City Chiefs before moving to the CFL where he dominates the field. So far with his time in the CFL, Jagarit has made four back-to-back Grey Cup appearances, three with Calgary and one with Hamilton. Without further ado, hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back. Uh, we have a really special guest today, Jagarit Davis, the DN for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. This is insane. <laughs> What's going on, people? How you doing? <laughs> We're doing well, yeah. Um, we gotta start us off. We wanna ask, like, how are you doing with COVID? And uh, we know you're a really big family guy from some research and interviews we've had. So, <laughs> have you been have you been isolating with your family or like been with your family this whole time? Um, I have. Um, I've really been able to just catch up with a lot of family because usually by this time, you're already the season has started. So I miss. I'm pretty much I always miss summer here. So this is my first time being able to spend my summer home, even though we're isolated, but still be able to be around the family. I know I'm saying catch up on times you usually miss out on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, that's especially like a lot of our uh, professional athletes that we've had on so far, they have the same kind of um, reasoning. Like it's hard being an athlete and I have to travel everywhere and also try to find mm-hmm. time for family. So that's it's really awesome that you're able to find that time right now. It is. I mean, like I said, like especially during, given how our career is and how our schedule is, it's so hectic. It's so off the wall. We always have to travel here, travel there, and especially with playing in Canada. Like I'm gone for six months. Mm-hmm. I might catch a bye week here, a bye week there, but that's half a year that's always devoted to my my passion and love for the game. And I have a, a small window, six months, to try to fit in all my family and friends. And you know, it's never enough time. Mm-hmm. And then, what's it like in Texas right now? Is it, we're assuming that's where you are, and is it pretty much all open there? Oh uh, yes, like I'm here in Houston, everything is basically open. Like even when everything is shut down, the, the biggest things that really shut down were like um, salons, nail salons, hair salons, barbershops, restaurants. Pretty much stayed open. They just closed down the dining in. Everybody can just deliver and take out, but for the most part. Everything pretty much stayed open. Cool. Now, I have to ask, it might be a stupid question, but is Whataburger open? How is that up here? We don't uh, have anything, but. Whataburger is open 24-7, man. It's, been, it's my favorite, so I've, I've been hitting Whataburger as much as possible. <laughs> we saw we were uh, doing some research before this on, like, the Tiger Cats 10 question, and it was uh, – the one was like, "What's your favorite cheat meal?" And we got it from there. It was pretty cool. Most definitely is, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, having played in multiple uh, Grey Cups, how do you? Not trying to jump right into it, but how do you feel about the last appearance? I guess it's still pretty fresh. Everyone was yeah. watching. It was really cool. But what are what are your thoughts on that afterwards? Um, it was honestly it was a great experience for the team. It's um. Me being blessed to go to four great great cups in a row is like, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of routine for me, but you know what I'm saying? Being able to go, go and experience it with a, a new team, a new group of guys, a new group of brothers, like, it's something that we needed. I mean, we wasn't ready for, for the for the big for the big games. Like, 
physically we were, but mentally we wasn't prepared mm-hmm. for what 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 was going to be needed to come out there and win the game. I mean, yeah, everybody saw the game. Um, Winnipeg was just more mentally prepared. It was um, locked in. It was focused, and they executed that game plan on every level where we was just a step behind and out of place and misreading gaps and misreading coverages, and, and it showed. I mean, they executed, and the best team won that day. Even though we, was, we might have had the best record going into the game, but the best team showed up and played and won, it, won the game. Nate and I are uh... – we're football guys as well. We we play locally here, but um, we yeah. we can understand that uh, the game of football is it gets at points of and like the point of time as in a championship game and all of that. It gets really down to how the game is a mental game, and when you're when you make a mistake, it's really how you get back through that and all of that. So it's and especially with with the Grey Cup, that's on a bigger scale that none of us could understand but like it's we could definitely see the mental side of that as well it is it's um it's a thing where you really have to really focus in because like for me i treat it just like it's another game even though it's it's the biggest it's the, it's the championship against the great cup but like how i prepare i approach every game like it's the most important game so Every game holds that type of level of significance to it because it's it's pretty much win to go home, and especially when you get to that to that to the final game, it's definitely win to go home. Like all, it's for all the marbles. And I just felt like we we wasn't prepared, we wasn't ready mentally, and we didn't take the necessary steps and precautions to get ourselves mentally locked in because we went in with the mindset, oh, we'll beat this team twice, we're the better team. They're just going to push over, lay over for us. This is a cakewalk. And it was a complete opposite. They went in like they were the better team. Like they were, we were the pushover and, and the show. I think this this is pretty cool. It's a, a full circle. It was our first guest ever on the podcast was John Peely. And um, he was third string quarterback for University of Waterloo here. And him and his dad are like diehard Cats fans. They actually flew out flew out to oh, watch the Grey Cup. So that's so cool now that we're having one of the star players on us. <laughs> Almost a full full circle. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's crazy. So going on, like, kind of jumping back, how was how was playing football in Texas? Like, how how was the culture back there? And growing up, can, yeah, we can't oh, even imagine. <laughs> Honestly, it was like it's one it's one of those things. Like, you really have to see to believe. Like, me being from a small town, football like football in Texas is 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 guy. Like, you can't do no wrong. Right. You, you, the star player, the whole town looks and like I remember Friday night lights. The town shut down at five o'clock because everybody's going to the game. Stands are packed. I used to have to have like my my small town of Crocker, Texas. Like we was pretty much the rival of every team we played. So we always used to have multiple police police officers coming in from different counties to just supervise and police our games because it was always a, a big hoopla. It's always rise. It's always fights. Like, I used to – like, one of my our big-time fans was – we called him Bulldog Frog because we were the Bulldogs. And he was he would take his game check, his his work check, and bet on the team every week. Uh, like, in, like we'd come, he'd come up to us like, hey, you know, I got the house note on y'all this week, so I, I need you – I need you. Got to pull it out, and it was just 
And, and it, we, I, we laugh, but he was so serious. He'd laugh it off. But just being able to go like the crowds that we have at, at CFL games now, like it's, it, experience or think about having that type of crowd at a high school game. Yeah. Or in, like the championship games here, like the state championships here, you can, you can easily expect 50,000, 60,000 people at those games. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, but in some of those places, like it's some stadiums, high school stadiums that look better than CFL stadiums, or look better than NFL stadiums, and better than college stadiums, like to that magnitude. And you just football is, is everything. It's like you, when you play football or sports period in Texas, football just overrides everything, and everybody loves it. Yeah, it's like a different breed down there. Like people just live and breathe football. Like. I mean, up here in Canada, like, I'm sure it's more hockey, but, like, you have the certain, you know, types of cities that, you know, are, are big mm-hmm. football. But it's just, it's crazy. Like, you know, you go to the States and it's just, that's all they talk about, you know. It's, it's. Oh, it's, yeah. And it's crazy because, like, even, like, the facilities are stated yeah. or, like, I've been in certain, like, high school facilities that were better than college facilities. <laughs> and uniforms, like, you name it, like, they don't hold. Could no expense for the football program, if, like especially if you like one the, the premier football teams or football programs. Oh yeah, yeah, everything is stated like everything is chartered buses, this that, and there. So it's cool, man. That's really cool to he- like hear, because um, we obviously don't get to experience that. Like football here is just kind of just another sport. When, like you said, down down in the states, it's it's everything. But um, mm-hmm. did you have a personal favorite team growing up, or a, a personal like a favorite role model, or someone you looked up to in the football realm? Uh, my favorite team growing up was the Forty ers Oh, that's oh. that's ours too. Yeah. <laughs> but my favorite, my favorite player was always Lawrence Taylor. Wow, great player. Yeah, that's that's awesome to hear. That's pretty cool. Tough, uh, tough loss for the Super Bowl, but I mean, we were all crying. <laughs> we'll get it. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was one of those things. We're like, ah, just one play here, one play there could have changed the mm-hmm. whole game. But me, given that I played in four great, because I, I know I know I'm like I've been in a situation three times where we just or play out or play away and play here. So I'm saying it's a it's a great learning experience, and I know. With the great coach to have the, the players on staff and the whole organization, like they have everybody in place to keep the guys morale high and keep the guys locked in, even more focused. So you know, go back, they will go back, and you know what I'm saying they'll be able to be mentally locked in to make that that one play to change the game. Now, yeah, definitely. How does that? How does your like? I don't. I don't know what the right word is, but obviously, like you said, you cheer for San Fran your whole life, or growing up and how does that change as when you you did play in the nfl for a while now you're in the cfl are you still cheering for certain teams or do you do you not care really um for me i i, I really gravitated to teams that had great defenses so like because since i played defense like i always had a the utmost respect for teams that had a great defense because uh, just a team that had a great team overall period because i understand what goes into you know what I'm saying? Making making that team work, and like it's like machine. Like every 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 person has an intricate part to play and make sure the machine runs 
great and runs well. And if one one piece is not working along with everybody else, then everything falls apart. So just knowing what what it takes and what the devotion, what sacrifices each and every guy has to make for the greater good of the team, I always had a had an almost respect for that. So growing up, I was a like as I got older, I became a fan of like the Distillers, the, the Ravens. I was a fan of <clears throat> the 49ers. I usually always had a great defense anyway. I'm a fan of the Patriots, and I just I have been going to play for the Patriots. Um, I was a fan of the Texans. Uh, like it just, I just naturally gravitated to teams that had those type of great defenses, and I was wanting to be a part of something like that. Now you got to play for college. You went to SMU. Uh, why did you choose to go there? And obviously, you did really well there. But what made you want to go there? Um, for me, I wanted because I have I have a daughter, and I had her when I was in high school. So, like um, like I said, y'all, as I know, family is, is big for me. So Dallas was only like two and a half hours away from my hometown, and I wanted to be able to be. Far enough, but at the same time, close enough to where if I need to go home, I can get home. And just to be there for my mom, my, my sister, my daughter, my nieces and nephews. Um, and it's also close enough to my mom is my biggest fan. So I know she always won. She always came to my game no matter we played in Dallas or we played in Florida. She was driving to the game. So as I'm saying, it was just close enough and it's like the perfect fit. And on top of that. Coach Jones, like when he came to my into my house and spoke to me and my mother, you know what I'm saying? It felt like it felt like family. And that was like a, one of the big pushing points for me. Not only that SMU is a great academic school, but they made it feel like I was walking into another family. So that's what really sealed the deal. That's really humble. That's that's really cool to hear. Um I think this is a something we've all we all really wanna get into, but how was it like getting into the NFL? Like, what was what was your experience? Like, you played you played for Houston first, then New England and Kansas City, and like, how are you able to put that into words? How cool it was getting that experience. Um, it's it's surreal, honestly, because like, as growing up as a kid, like when you like second grade, I remember like yesterday, my um my teacher goes around the room. Asking everybody what they want to be when they grow up, like what you want to do. So she she's asking everybody like, tell me what you want to be. And she got to me, and I said, I'm going to be a, uh, I'm a play in the NFL. I'm going to I'm be an NFL player. She's like, no, you you supposed to say, I I want to be a like. I told her like, no, I said it correctly. I'm going to be in the NFL. And she's like, okay, good. I like your your enthusiasm. And just to finally get that phone call, um. On draft day, you know what I'm saying, and going as an unrestricted free agent. I mean, it was surreal. Like, it was like all my dreams come true. Like, when I finally got that phone call, like, I broke down crying. Like, my mom threw this big, like, um, like pretty much crawfish seafood ball in, in the park. Yeah, like, a lot of my hometown family and friends came out and just celebrated with me. It's like, like, for everything I, I, all the sacrifices I made growing up from junior high, walking back and forth across town, working out every day to standing after 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 school to get an extra workout in, to the film study, to all the sacrifices, missing hanging out with friends, and you know what I'm saying just to see all that finally pay off to hear my name and hear that a team, uh, NFL team wanted me, and then just to play for 
all the, these great organizations and get to learn and experience, you know what I'm saying? One of the, the hardest things ever to do, you know what I'm saying, is make it to the NFL and to stick and to play or to even put on the jersey. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine nothing better than that. How much do you think you learned as and grew as a player from making it pro? Like, did you, did they try and break you as a player in a way they make, to see if you got what it takes, or but did you learn a lot along the way as well? I've learned, I learned so much. I'm you know, just being, you know I'm saying like I, I, I was blessed with for having great coaches, but I, not only coaches but great mentors, as, who also just have my coaches along the way from high school to college to you know what I'm saying even when I got to the NFL. Like I learned so much playing with the Texans, like having been able to talk to Jonathan Joseph, Andre Johnson from the Texans, like who really, you know what I'm saying, helped me grow me. And then for leave from there to go to the Patriots and, you know what I'm saying, be able to watch Brady and, you know what I'm saying, learn from him, learn how to be a professional, <clears throat> talking with oh, Mayo, talking with Hightower, talking with Vince Wilfork every day, you know what I'm saying, them just taking me on under the wing of this grooming and showing me how to be a professional, how to study film, how to, you know what I'm saying, lock in on the small things that turn into what, what, I'm saying, what makes the biggest difference in becoming, you know what I'm saying, and winning and losing games. And and just every place I, I, I was able to go to and experience and learn. And, you know what I'm saying, just really work. Like when I went to the Texans, not to the Texans, but I went to the Patriots, like that first month and a half was hell for me. Because like I don't know, I don't know if y'all know, but you have like they have a work requirement, so they don't want you away over a certain amount. So right. when I left the Texans, I was like two forty eight, almost two fifty. When I got to the Patriots, they wanted me at like two thirty five, two thirty two, and they were like, "Well, look, and if you don't have, we don't meet your weight requirement, you get fined." And wow. like, yeah, you get fined per pound. So I think at the time. I think you could find like five, six hundred dollars per pound. Wow, wow. that's that's bizarre. Yeah. What the yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so it was it was one. Of, so my mindset, I'm like, I'm a I'm a rookie. And I'm I'm undrafted. I don't have no money like they just be giving. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, paying for no fine. So like they at first, like I said, the first month and a half was pretty much torture for me because they was um, I had, they had me work out come in like six in the morning. Or work out before meetings. I'd stay after practice, do another workout. Then I'd stay after the last meetings for another hour and do more cardio and workout, just because they wanted me to drop the weight and, you know what I'm saying, drop my body fat and like everything. Like the like, it's so funny because the first day I did it, I went back to my room, my hotel room. I passed out by seven o'clock and I didn't wake up till six the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I like I had to do this six days a week, but it, it, like it, it helped mold me and, and helped me understand like this is what it takes if you want to succeed and be successful in the, in the NFL. Like these are the type of sacrifices and devotions you have to have to stick, and like that's why I did. Do you feel like that also helped you develop as a person, like to to learn discipline and like have more passion and dedication for what you want to do? Oh, most definitely. It really made me have a uh, – like, I always loved and respected the game, but 
you know what I'm saying, going through that, knowing this is, you know what I'm saying, experiencing it firsthand. Like, you always hear about it, but to experience it firsthand, it really made made me grow a newfound respect and love and admiration for the game and for everybody who plays the game and everybody that, you know what I'm saying, made, makes it to that level or any pro level, no matter if it's NFL, CFL, semi-pro. Like, it's a, it's a devotion and sacrifice you have to be put in to make it to that level and but most definitely definitely paved so much for me just to understand like what guys go through everybody walks is different everybody go through different things but just to understand from my point of view like i i i, I definitely commended and i like i i wouldn't trade it for nothing mm-hmm. and then just a question too is what was your we're going to talk about this for the cfl too but what was your adjustment to the lifestyle? I think it's super interesting for us and for all our listeners to hear how how is just adjusting to the NFL lifestyle? Like, what what is your lifestyle like? Man, the, the NFL lifestyle was a big adjustment, really. Um, especially coming from college, not getting paid, like getting paid to do what you love to now. Every week, I can go pick up this this check with my name on it with X amount of X amount of dollars on it. I can go deposit it in my account. Like I can do what I want. And especially being okay, I can go out with the fellas, and everything shuts down for us. Everybody's looking for us. Everybody, we pr- pretty much have the keys to the city, so to speak, to go where we want, eat where we want. You know what I'm saying? People just it was like. Pretty much how the best way to explain it, you know, you watch movies and you see entourages, you are like, okay, her, she can come. No, she can't, but she can come. Mm-hmm. Like, you have this roped off and sex and all. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And I, and I saw it firsthand. I'm like, oh, it's really like that. I only thought stuff like <laughs> that happened, happened in movies, but it really, it was really like that. And it was just crazy to see how, how much people love football when it came to the NFL players and like you just see bizarre fans standing out there in the cold waiting for for the for the Patriots games like they're out there two three days in advance just camping out waiting I mean it's a blizzard out there and they still out there so it was it was it was crazy to know like they're out there for it you know what I'm saying like you sacrifice your health so to speak just to be out there to watch us and to be you are that devoted of a fan, so it was cool, man. Yeah, that's a pretty unreal experience. But um, I think kind of segueing kind of towards the present was how did you kind of like find out or like transfer to the CFL? Like, did you get an offer and kind of felt like it was like a good decision for you? Or man, the crazy part about that, I tell you that story about that. Like, I, Saskatchewan actually had my rights when I was first coming out. And like my agent told me about it. I'm like, cool. Or like, well, I, I do. I go do their little mini camp that they have down there in Florida. I would not, not a problem. So I go meet Coach Jones for Chris Jones for his first time. And I'm I'm not no respect. It's 300 guys there. So I'm one of many. So I'm I'm all about equal opportunity. So he broke everybody up. Like, that's when I first started, uh, I'll be playing the end. Because my whole mindset, I'm coming to play linebacker. Cool. That's how I, I would, that's how the NFL had me playing with inside. So when I found out I was going to get the pass rush again, I'm like, all right, cool. So he broke us, everybody up in groups. So I go to the group. 
it's like 30 DNs and, and, and the alignment or something. I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm like, all right, well, I want everybody to get it. So I only, the first, they only went like twice because everybody had to rotate in. Right. So that afternoon, we in meeting, Chris Jones, like, we got guys out here that like they don't want to be here. They only taking two reps, you know, and he's looking at me the whole time he's saying that. I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool, not a problem. So the, the next day, break up into individual. We did one on ones the whole time. So I jumped it out, beat the first guy, come back out to him, now move out the way. Beat the guard, come back, now move out the way. I beat the center, come back, move out the way. Beat the other guard, come back, move out the way. Beat the other tackle, come back. And go back down the line. Every time I beat him, I'm just staring Coach Jones in the face. And he's just standing there looking at me like, All right, after I finish, after I beat everybody down the back, I just looked at him, anything else you want to see? He's like, okay, cool. Not a problem. So That's that cool. night, he's like, he like, yeah, I, I think you'll be a, a great fit for us. Like, what do you think? I like, and this is the thing Coach Jones doesn't like people to tell him no. And I like right now. I'm just still trying to wait for, you know, what I'm saying NFL opportunities. But if they come through, then yeah. If that doesn't happen, I will sign. So he took it as a slap in the face. He pulled my my contract. So my I didn't know switching agents, and he got me a new. Uh, he pretty much got me a new contract, but it was a horrible one. So he ended up getting Coach Jones to trade my rights to Calgary. Oh, okay. And, that's how that's how I ended up ending in Calgary. And like the, my D coordinator at the time, Coach Clay Brooks was telling me like Chris Jones was calling every week trying to trade for me back, but they didn't want to let me go. It's definitely interesting how political football gets too in terms of like rights over players and all of that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a lot of like a lot of the time people don't get to hear or see that side of athletics and sports. So it's cool to have mm-hmm. have your opinion on what happened in your view, right? Oh, most definitely. Um, now, having a, like coaches and teammates are a huge part of the game of football. Um, is there any one that really stands out or greatly influenced your game that you could share? Coach that really influenced my game was at any level or just any, uh, level? any level, yeah. Probably just the person that stands out the most to you. We'll give a shout out. <laughs> person that stands out to me would have to be probably Coach Heron. He was my own position coach in college, Coach Joe Heron. Okay. And he, he came in my sophomore year. And he's like, um, he's in the Hall of Fame in, in Pennsylvania. They've been coaching forever. Him and Coach Jones were great friends. And he really made me open my eyes. But like at the time, like, I was just like in a young young college kid, not really knowing. I just you know I played football with, but he really made me start to mature and view the game in, in a more respectful manner, uh, take it seriously, do my film study, and it really made me lock in. Like he humbled me at the same time because he made me feel like if you go to if you go to, go to the league now, like you won't make it because you're not mentally prepared to understand what the game, how the game is played and what it takes to be a professional. And like, without him, I definitely wouldn't have, wouldn't have made it because he was, he definitely kept me locked in. He kept me, you know what I'm saying, from, from going out the edge at certain at, at points in time. And uh, like, I, I, I owe everything to him. I think we touched on it now. And I think it's, 
perfect time to transition into the CFL, obviously. And that's where you are now. And what, uh, there's kind of two questions in that take your time with them, but what was it like transitioning on the field and obviously bigger, bigger field and a bit different way of the games played three downs, obviously. And then, um, off the field, right? We talked about the luxurious NFL lifestyle. We're, we're, no way we're going to bash the CFL, but mm-hmm. it's it's not the same. And what was it like in those two aspects trans, transitioning? Um, the on the field, it was a, a, a minor adjustment for me. For the simple fact, like, I'm a, I'm a yard off the ball. I'm not just right there in the guy's face. To, so it's just like, first and foremost was getting your timing down, knowing that to the game is a whole lot faster. Like the the uh, the play clock is twenty seconds, or in the NFL it's forty seconds. So and for me it was just kind of like college again. So like we used to play against the the uh, the uh, Cougars, like Houston Cougars, and that's when they was putting up fifty, sixty points a game. They were play, putting up over one hundred twenty plays a game, and every play was being snapped within. 10, 15 seconds. So it just reminded me of that. So it wasn't hard adjusting to a play being snapped every 10 to 15 seconds. But it was just the little nuances in the game to where the field, yes, the field being 15 yards wider. And for me, it was like, okay, cool. I just got to run just a little bit longer. But outside of that, like, besides, you know what I'm saying, they can pretty much challenge every play on the field. The halo around the, um, the punt returners was. Was was new to me. Um, the waggle, the waggle motion was new to me. But for me, at the end of the day, it was lining up and playing football. And he says, for me, is it, I made it as simple as see ball, good ball, get ball. Mm-hmm. Understand and the play call, understand, and just really knowing, learning and knowing the players you're playing with and playing around. And that's what really helped help me. You know, what I'm saying advance and learn my game. And to the second question, the outer field. It was, it was a adjustment for some fact of like in the NFL, like we have a full work day, so we had, we there from six, seven in the morning to five, six, seven in the afternoon. Whereas in the CFL, I mean, in nine, eight, eight, nine, I'm I'm done by one, one thirty. So I have the whole rest of the day. So that was like the biggest just because like I'm, I'm not gonna lie, the first. Time we had a meeting after we finished practice and everything. I, I finished. I was showered, went back to the meeting. I was in the meeting for like thirty minutes, waiting for everybody to come back. <laughs> and, and one of my coaches came and like, "What you doing here?" I'm like, "I'm waiting on the meeting. Like we done for today. Like you for real?" I'm thinking that it's a prank. I'm, I'm like, I'm a rookie here now, so I'm thinking they pranking me. Like, no, we really done. <laughs> so just that that was like one of the biggest adjustments. Like, dang, I have so much more free time to myself so it was like a real 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 big advantage like knowing that I have more time to myself to vote to you know what I'm saying just being outside of talk okay I can talk to my family more I can talk to friends or since I'm in a new country I can you know what I'm saying go out and experience experience a new city experience a new culture and, and interact with and interact and mingle with people that I've never never you know had a chance of, of seeing or being around so like it for me, it had, it had these pros and cons. Like, the money aspect was, I mean, everybody knows it's a big, big gap in between yeah. those two. But for me, it was just, I've never, I've always been frugal with my money. So it's not like I just go out here, 
blowing money, splurging, buying this, buying that. So I always just managed my money. So where it didn't, it really didn't bother. It definitely displays yeah. the uh, the difference between like football in America and football Canada. Just from what you said there, like even the meetings wise, like you know, like in where football's everything in the states, the the work day is all day, and here where it's not as much, it's not as much as your day. Like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was just gonna ask as you said like you're from texas like I, i'm assuming you didn't know much about canada at all did you have you got any opportunities this is completely off topic of football to like like experience canada like british columbia and the really nice places out there have you got any chances to do that uh a little bit like when we usually when we travel to games like we, we really have like uh some time to ourselves so i usually like to get out with a couple guys and you know what i'm saying just walk to see like vancouver is very beautiful city. Like we used to walk mm-hmm. down throughout the city and pretty much did it in just about every city we played in just to really experience it. Like Montreal is beautiful. Like I love all the, the stone buildings and like you like it, all the outdated buildings and fixtures and going to Ottawa and just experiencing like a compact city, everything right there. And Toronto, Toronto, Regina was more of a very laid back chill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Know what I'm saying? It's not much there, but but the team, but just experiencing. For me, it's like it has like a country feel to it, like and so it's like what I grew up in. So it didn't everything felt cool. Have you ever been able to uh, see a hockey game in Calgary or Edmonton? Yes, I actually went to a few uh, Calgary Flames games, and oh yeah, and it was cool, man. I really, I really enjoyed. It. I actually was able to um, go see uh, see my uh, a pro game in, in Hamilton when I was there. Oh, cool. oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool, too. We'll, we'll jump back into football. You guys want to fire away? Yeah, well, I mean, you just mentioned Hamilton. How was, uh, like, how did you like the city? You know, like, I mean, we you started off in Calgary, and I'm I'm sure we'll probably get into the, the Grey Cup later on, but, but um, how was your kind of adjustment to Hamilton and stuff like that? Hamilton, for me, really wasn't a big adjustment. I mean, it was a... Uh, the city of Hamilton is a blue collar city. Like they're hard workers. Um, they're die hard fans. Very die hard fans. They, they love their team through and through. And I learned that we're playing against them all the time. Then from able when I was when I signed there, like all the the love and from all the fans I was receiving before I even laced up a pair of cleats or, or put on on that, that great black and gold. It was just. It was. It felt. It felt like I can say it maybe felt like home. And not me making my decision. It was. It's hard because Calgary was home for me for three years, and for me, they made it a lot easier. Felt like I was leaving one family to come to another, and like it. It was a easy. A easy transition. Honestly. Yeah, it's great to hear. And uh, clearly, being a leader on the defense, it definitely shows. But how have you seen your growth in that uh, in that position? And how do you kind of deal with being a leader off the field as well? It's um, it's it's funny you you asked it because for me, like I always been a lead by example. Like I'm not no super vocal person. Like I can be if need be, but I always let my play speak for itself and I always if I seen okay here's a place where I feel I can in, in, input my two cents or I see this guy morale coming down let him come give him a little pep talk and 
and that's really where I felt my game really took off since our rookie year to now. Like I'm actually more vocal on the field, more vocal talking with guys off the field, just you know what I'm saying, letting them know like, look, it's kind of the way because I'm the I'm the old head in the, in the in the in the on the team now. So, and it's funny because it's like it seemed like just yesterday, Vince was my was the old guy or. And stuff like that. So to go from that to now, I'm the one everybody looks up to and looks for leadership, and it, it's cool. It's like it's a I look at it as, as a respect factor, and I I appreciate it that they see me and they like to where they feel they can turn to me. And for me, I just always try to lead by example and, and show the guys like this the this the kind of the the path you kind of need to take to have a, a prolonged career in, in the CFL or as a professional period. Pretty wise answer. That's that's great to hear. Um, and I know, I mean, I'm sure people are dying to hear. How was your uh, your experiences? I mean, you've been you played in multiple great cups. Kind of run us through like the emotion, or like you know, first you you uh, you won it in Calgary, and you played obviously in Hamilton. How was how was that? Oh man, it's um, it's a great feeling. Um, just to know, like I said, the season starts way back in, in June. You report in May. And, like, you, all the hard work you put in all year is to get to the Great Cup. And the fact that I've been blessed to play on four Great Cup teams all back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, it's, it's it's something most guys, you know what I'm saying, only dream about making to one and being able to be a part of so many great dynamic teams and – just to get to that point of like we're here, we're on the biggest stage, we're here to play for all the marbles, and just to be there. Period. You know, it was, I've lost it three times, and I I wouldn't I wouldn't change nothing about it. Honestly, just because it it helped it molded me, it helped grow me, it helped um make me into the person and player I am today. To where I can give back to the younger players. Uh, when they get there, like I can help them. Like, look, this this was gonna happen. This what you you will feel, and you know what I'm saying. Pretty much give them a play by play. What type of emotions and what, what kind of roller coaster ride you about to go through in this game? It's gonna be highs and lows. It's gonna be times where we might not be clicking. Where it's gonna be time when the offense might not be clicking. But at the end of the day, we're all in this together. And for us to get, you know what I'm saying, be able to host up the Great Cup, like we we got to, you know what I'm saying, we got to hold together. Sure. Now I I was really lucky enough to be to go to uh one one Grey Cup and the experience was just even just I can't imagine playing in it but like just seeing it and watching it was such a such an unreal experience. But what's what's kind of like the behind the scenes aspect? Like are the what's the locker rooms like? Is it really kind of focused and tense in the locker rooms or are you more of like route? Is it more like rowdy? It depends. I mean, I've been in both, honestly. It's because it, you got to understand, like, every you got your guys who some of them just like to get right and get amped up for the game. You have the other guys who just like to be calm, collected, and just lock in and focus in. Or uh, for me, I'm literally right in the middle. I just be, everybody be like, what's wrong? Like, I be laughing the whole time. Like, I'm always in the good mood, so I'm always laughing and cutting up and joking. Or whatnot. I'm, I'm, and if you see me on the field, I'm doing the same thing. I'm always got a smile on my face, and just because I'm, in a, I'm in a great mood. I'm doing what I love to do. So 
I always wanna, cause for me, lap is the one of the best things ever to if you to calm somebody's nerves. And for and for me, if I know guys see me laughing, like okay, if he's calm, I can be calm too. So you know what I'm saying? It's not that big of a deal. So I, I understand people pay attention and feed off your energy and feed off your vibe. So I just try to spread that and make it infectious to the whole team. So. That's 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 great, yeah, definitely. And uh, the question I've been dying to get to here is, what what was obviously your monster season last year? What, what was the difference? Like, you, you thirteen sacks, right? Like, that's and fifty four tackles. That's all. That's a unreal season. Like, what what was the difference? You had some consistent seasons before, but it clearly you clearly made a jump this season. Um. Um, honestly, that's a, that's a great question, honestly. It's, um, can I go out there and play the game the same way? I like, I leave it all out on the field. And I was just put into some situations where I was able to make a few more plays here, a few more plays there. I was able to get to the quarterback a little bit more. But, I mean, it, like I said, any game can be a great game. Any game can be a, a, a bad game. It just... I try to stay even keel and be consistent because everything is all about your preparation and every and sometimes when you're a key focal guy like it says of like my teammates always plays a big a big part in it like I've always been fortunate to play with some of the the best D lines in the CFS since I've been there like I've had Charleston Hughes on the opposite side of me I had Cordero Law on the other side of me I had. Michael Johnson beside me. I had Junior Turner beside me for, for three years. Then I come over to, to Hamilton. I got Big Ted Laurent beside me. I got Adrian Tracy beside me. I got Dylan Weir beside me. I got Lonzo Malden. I got Julian Hauser. I had Connor McGuff. I mean, I had Jamal Westerman. Like, these are all top-tier guys. And to know you got these type of guys lining up beside you, like, it makes your job so much easier. So it's just, you know what I'm saying, a couple play calls here and there. It's just, it's just helped me put up the numbers I had. Like, without them, I definitely wouldn't have had the numbers I put up. And then my last question, then I'll let Nate and Keith wrap it up, is what's behind the celly, the, the, the cut? I like it. I like it. But what, what's behind it? <laughs> um, honestly, it actually came from my um, my cousin who was playing in the CFL for, for a while why before when I got up here, like we would play with each other together in Cairo. His name was Taylor Reed and like we gotta come up with a celebration. So every time we make a play, we you know what I'm saying, we this would be our celebration and this will happen. We're seeing this dance or whatnot that it just came out the time and had a, a long routine too, like where we gotta take the best part we like out of it and just so happen. It was that part of it. Yeah. So we, we just took that and ran with it. And no, it's just, pretty cool. I like it. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, it just stuck. Honestly, like we, we were like whoever whoever makes the first play, who that's who's gonna hit it. Or we out there together, we're gonna hit it. And it just stuck. That's awesome. Now, um, yeah, kind of wrapping it up now, but um seeing that you're involved in a lot of um other things too, like you have a little shout out to your, your training camp as well. Like you We've we've seen that you you like to help be a mentor for younger athletes as well. Yeah. Now, what what drives you to do that? Like, what what makes or what do you benefit from getting doing that? I say for me, it's um 
it, for me, it's big because I love like trying to give back and help out the younger generation. And because uh, I'm in the process of really trying to um, start my own like little big brother, big sister program for kids for the simple fact of this day and age, like the the biggest like difference is the parents are, are trying to communicate and um, send out a message to the kids, but the kids is not. They, they're not giving it to them in the sense to where they can understand and correlate it to their day and age. And like the message is still the same, it's just the terminology is different. And for me, I just want to come and try to be that bridge and gap. Because just think about it, we've all been there where, man, my mom and my dad telling me something, I ain't trying to hear. Uh, they're always trying to harp on it. Whereas if uh, someone that you kind of look is closer to your age and your, not, I wouldn't say peer, but Someone that's you know what I'm saying that in the know can collect the message in a more manner where oh I understand that this I like so this is what your mom is trying to say you know what I'm saying this is what your dad was trying to come across at I'm like oh well why they didn't say that because they don't they ain't know how to antic, articulate it to a manner where you understand it and be able to you know what I'm saying add it and also correlate it to what what you're going through now what you're experiencing and more so. But think about it. We all have been through that time where I couldn't go to my mom and talk to her about anything. I couldn't go to my dad and talk to her about anything. But I had a big cousin or a big brother or a big sister who I can like go to. You know what I'm saying? Just talk to. Like, this yeah. is what's going on. This is what's bothering me. This is what I'm going through and facing in school, outside of school, mentally, physically. You know what I'm saying? Just everybody needs that type of person. And for me, I had that. I, I looked enough you know, to have a big brother. I had um, older, older cousins, um, or older friends that I could turn to. You know what I'm saying? Because with no judgment, like I'm, no, it's not no. We're not judging. We're not saying no. Making you seem like this type of person. Like you know, we're here for you and only you. And and everybody needs that type of person. So, yeah, that's the truth. It's it's great to have you know someone to look up to, someone to kind of you know get you on your wing and you know on the right right track and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty good note to end on. I really, I don't know if you guys have any other questions like last um, minute. Yeah, kind of last, very last question, but, um, looking into the future, what are your, what are your goals or do you have any like secrets or not secrets, but anything you want to tell anyone of like that you're working on? I know, uh, you have a little clothing or shoe brand or something, <laughs> Chant 56, which is really epic, but, um, um, yes, I actually, I have. Um, a lot more like clothing line that apparel that we'll be dropping here within the next few weeks, and I also have um a couple of surprise ice shoe colorways and shoe designs that we'll be dropping as well. That's coming up. It's gone. You know what I'm saying one of them is gonna pertain solely dedicated to the Hamilton Tiger Cats colorway. Another one gonna, you know what I'm saying come come up come up about gonna be like a couple of surprises, but. It's gonna be good, man. It got me and my family has got a lot of things up our sleeve that's gonna help this give back. This not only to the fans, but they show our appreciation for for them. That's a yeah. We'll definitely uh, post the link and all that uh, in the description and the videos. But um, but yeah, we we really appreciate you coming on. This has been a really amazing experience for all of us to hear hear the the life of a pro pro athlete in in the football side of things. I oh, man, appreciate y'all for even, you know what I'm saying, taking the time out and just asking me to be on here. Like, I, I greatly appreciate it. Like, anytime, I definitely come back and do it again if you need me. And just, you know what I'm saying, I appreciate it. Like, just to 
give me this opportunity to share some of the things I experienced and being a pro. Thank you. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Ho- yeah. Hopefully we get to get up to a Ticats game soon. Hopefully yeah. once this COVID gets under wrap, I'm sure we'll all be out. We'll no, be most definitely. For you. Make sure y'all do. And y'all just come down and holler at me, man. We'll try to go take a picture or something. Yeah, um, for sure. Oh, that would be, be awesome. amazing. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Have a great day. Uh, y'all too, man. Y'all take it easy. You as well. Thanks.